0: Welcome to Inspiration Narratives, a short series of conversation highlighting creatives from underrepresented communities. In honoring their work and creativity, we take a deeper dive into the times, moments, and influences that encapsulates why these creatives do what they do, and if, how, and where they use their medium to celebrate the cultures they come from. These are the stories that need to be told. This is Inspiration Narrative, You know, it's so funny because it, it never, you know, looking back, it never it never seems like a, a definitive moment, but like a series of events So maybe an entire lifetime that's leading you to a, to a particular place. But, you know, like I said, I I, w- I had worked in fashion and beauty, you know, as a buyer, creative director at the CFDA, for Beyonce, you name it. I was sort of doing it for, for a while and I um, spent a couple of years working for Puff, like at Sean John, launching his women's line, like with Dawi and all those guys. and. I think it was i remember that being a turning point for my ambitions right for the first time having worked for like kind of more mainstream corporations but then to be under the leadership of a a sort of black executive ceo who wasn't posturing who was going to deliver what he wanted to with a level of authenticity to the market You know, and that's what he was doing with Sean John and Musical.ly. That was a game changer for me because I was like, I ultimately want to be doing that type of work, you know, putting fashion, music, content into the world that reflects who I am, creating trends, you know, aha, let me look at my identity and what does it mean? I know that sort of Black queer folks have been making Hollywood happen, making that it happened since the Harlem, I mean, it, 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 countless numbers of contributors and icons to all creative industries. So I was like, what we just need to do is gather ourselves for 2014 at the time, and let's just be very unapologetic or as our hashtag unbothered speaks to this like, notion of giving zero fucks, showing up, being loud, being proud. And you really hadn't found black gay guys doing it like that Yet, you know, on the heels of Devon's movement, right? Like the no labels, the obscurity, you know? So I come from, you know, a very Black community. You know, I'm part of the ballroom community as well, which is part of where the name The Tenth comes from. It's, you know, one part, Du Bois's, you know, kind of notion of a talented tenth mixed in with this idea of getting your tens on the runway, which is a sort of for us uh, being judged by, you know, a jury of peers vibe, right? It's all that mixed into the ideological or, you know, kind of editorial nature of what we're doing. So I think it was like having good leadership and examples, you know, having a sense of, you know, bravado about we want to be seen, we want to be free, we want to be represented and just kind of taking the risk, you know, but um, that was how I kind of got here, you know, being frustrated, you know, not seeing it. So make it for yourself. I wonder how that works today though. You know, it's, and this is a little sidebar. It's like, I don't know, I think on the internet, everyone's kind of seen everything and you know, I consume enough media to know like everyone is represented well, right? The conversation now cannot still be about representation. It really has to be more about the economics of that really means who's owning narratives who's owning control of the story because they own the politicians and the media own the the banks and the media and finally you know it's such a complicated um little matrix when you like pull out a little bit so i think now our focus is 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 really more there than it is about representation
1: yeah can you share about your experience when you talk about representation and what's happening in the media, can you share of what your experience is like? Um, I I think it's super unique. First of all, you having crossed over um, into a few different worlds, um, not just being in media, I guess media is the bigger sort of umbrella, but maybe having like a few different sort of buckets within the media space um, and and other industries. Um, Can you tell what it's like? And that's why I say, I think it's unique because you, are part of two underrepresented communities um lgbtq plus but then also black right um so can you tell and if you want to share what that experience is like in both feel free to do so but more of like what would you say your experience is like being an lgbtq plus creative in the media space and even in some of those other spaces and verticals that you previously worked in professionally what is it like being uh Underrepresented person in that community, and like, what are you seeing that you like? What are you seeing that you don't like? Uh, what kind of change do you want to see and create?
0: Yeah, um, well, let's see. I, you know, it, it's um, on, on the one hand, you know, again, what, you know, coming coming into career. You know, I, I'm a New Yorker. You know what that's like. You know, I worked in creative industries where you know being gay was a character asset be honest with you, you know, it opened doors, right? And it's interesting how that coupled with, I mean, and you went to Hampton, James and I talk about this all the time. Like I went to a really sort of black empowerment, parochial school all the way up through high school. Like I had a sense of pride. I was acculturated and I knew who I was, right? But, you know, I'm in spaces that, you know, there was more tension in my own community at home than in my career, right? But then what you start to realize is that, aside from sort of your, like, so the moment my career trans, you know, kind of transitions from being in, in sort of fashion, beauty and lifestyle into being into LGBTQ reporting and media making, it became a sort of a bigger disconnect, right? Because the black community is severely, you know, kind of misunderstood, underrepresented, There are not a lot of us, you know, we're not, we're we're completely segregated, right? So you find a lot of us live in Harlem, Brooklyn at the time it was Fort Greene, Clinton Hill. Now you're talking about all the way out to East Bushwick or whatever they're calling it now, right? And there's not a lot of um, opportunities for us to get to know each other and then to kind of build strong enough relationships to where we're like community building together. So what you find is sort of like, what we found where that kind of like white boys are on their own mission, <laughs> we're on our own mission, right? And this isn't just as it relates to making media, but also as it relates to kind of sexual health. So when you look at kind of HIV infection rates in the community and access to healthcare and just general poverty and homelessness, right? Like these issues affect us so differently. So all of a sudden I kind of became an outsider in what was supposed to be my own community, right? And then if you bring it forward, you know, we're community organizers, we're community connectors. You know, we also make a book that is run on advertising, right? But what's a little frustrating is that the big dogs, the vices of the world, the big networks of the world. So they kind of love to kind of visit the culture. You know what I mean? The culture's trendy, it's hot. A lot is happening in this space, but when it comes to supporting the mission of the organizations that are trying to use media, again, as an economy, the support is not there. You know, so it's been a little frustrating on that on that front. But you know, for us, there's also a conversation that needs to be happening. You know, within the community as well, because because when you think about the archive of a sort of black media, you know, the crisis you know, or Black Magazine or, you know, even Johnson Publishing, you're talking about earlier in the, in the sort of um, advent of these publications and, and companies, a lot of it was sort of self-supported in the community, right? Like you'll look in a lot of these, you know, early 20th century books and you're like, wait, it's all Black pharmacies, local banks, historically Black colleges and universities. These are like, the, these are what the advertisers were right? But then when you start to kind of see the culture being assimilated, all of a sudden now we're in the ring looking for dollars from the same brands as these white folks and become sort of diversity initiatives. So I think part part of it now for us is like returning to that model of being community supported, you know? So I think today, even if all of our partnerships were to dry up, we could still publish a magazine just based on our subscriber base and the amount of you know, kind of power we have in, in, in real life to kind of, you know, throw parties and interesting events. And, you know, we, we're doing an innovation panel on the Vineyard this summer, you know? So we're gonna be in a predominantly African-American space sort of disrupting that as queer people, you know? So it, it kind of goes back and forth. I love the media shit, so I'll be going on, you know? <laughs> yeah. No. it's power, you know what I mean? It's like what the kids look to. You know, we get to, you know, there's so many, you know, young, queer, non queer, you know, kids of color who come to us and they're like, yo, we love what you do. You know, how can we be a part of it? We're like, you're already a part of it. Let's make work together. Okay, well, I wanna tell stories about, you know, coming out or I wanna tell stories about white oppression. We're like, uh uh-uh. uh, let's look out into the world. What's happening in the world with immigration and politics? How do you shape those conversations? Using your identity not as the focus of what you're reporting, but just to sort of shape the narrative about how you think about these things in geopolitics, right? So we're like essentially, you know, an agency, a media platform, a little academy for kids. You know, come to find out, you got to get them a little bit earlier. We really do want to do a summer camp next year that sort of vocational training and the creative industries and writing and, and stuff like that for kids from ages seven to 14. So we're looking into that space as well with education. So yeah, it just kind of goes on.
1: What What would you say you love most based off of all your experiences and working in different uh, professional verticals? And then I'm not sure when you, um, if and when, well not if, <laughs> I'm not sure when you came out and if this is something that you've identified being a part of this community is something you have identified with your entire life or if there was a moment you were like oh no like I, this is what i like and this is what this is my orientation so what would you say like what that considered right like that sort of timeline consider what, what would you say you love most about being a creative that's a part of and from the lgbtq plus community
0: word that's a great question man i um i came out like in college and um, I not know, coming out in the black community, it's like I'm coming out every six months. Even doing what I do. It's like, oh yeah, I'm gay and this is what that means. You know, I go home. I'm in I'm in Louisiana, and half of my family's down there. So I'm living in the quarter me and my husband and you know, they're still asking the same questions they were asking when I was in high school about girls, you know. So coming out is actually quite well, maybe it is a misnomer, you know. But maybe the kids don't need to come out anymore, right? Because their entire lives are on the internet, so it's all out there for you. But I don't know, what I love most, I think it's just the sense of, of freedom and, and not having to, you know, being a rule breaker, being an outsider. You know, that's what you get to do when you live on the fringes, you know? And you also, if you're skilled enough, and smart enough, and you can train yourself quick enough. You can operate in straight-laced, vanilla rooms as well. But you know, you're always there as an outsider, which gives you just a, such, you know, such a a more colorful view. You know, and there's a lot of inspiration to be gathered. You know, from that position, particularly as a creative. Everything that you're creating is in response to, you know, what you feel, what you experience, what you see. So I don't know. I think as as sort of black gay creatives, we're just allowed to be in places that, you know, offer us an interesting insight into things. And then we're also sort of living in a world of fantasy, right? Because, you know, in, I don't, I don't know if you, if you're a, of, you know, a hetero, a Muslim, my my straight friends, their lives are planned out for them. They kind of know what they're doing in a sense. You know, when you look at a gay kid, you really have no idea what you're supposed to be doing. What does family life mean? Do you need to go home every Christmas? Like, no, I can stay. I can work on my on, on this book or I can take this residency. And, you know, I don't, like I don't have kids. So I've got this disposable income. So I can do more to take care of other folks in the community. I don't know. It just feels to be like a big sense of freedom. You know, my, callback to the community is that we have privilege and we have, you know, access to resources. I get it. We're oppressed and we're marginalized. And that's one narrative, but amongst ourselves and within the context of the black community, we do have a lot of, um, access. We have a lot of privilege and it's our responsibility now to like get back in and start working collaboratively, you know, and bringing those, those skills and those insights to like, the general community planning.
1: I love your narrative because I think it's very colorful. And it's, and, I, and I, I'm i assuming that that's who, not assuming, that's who you are, and, but I'm assuming that that color is intentional. Um, and I love how you answered the question, so thank you. I guess the last question, like considering all of that and considering like the current landscape of media everything you just kind of shared about coming out um, what you also shared about being a, what it's like to be a creative from both of these underrepresented communities, um, the things that how you're welcomed by other communities and cultures. Um, but then also the challenges that you've shared, yeah. considering everything and, and also just your, um, your journey right from college to to where you are now. And, what would it assume to be um, a great, healthy marriage and professional career and lifestyle. What does June and Pride Month mean to you being a part, being a, a LGBTQ plus creative?
0: Word, word. Yeah, I um, You know, when you, when you said it back to me, I was like, you know what, maybe I am in a good space right now. Or maybe I am happy. Um, But eternally kind of discontent and understanding that, you know, black folks we are going to have to just continue to fight to get what's ours, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to be given to us. It's going to be hard work. It's going to be, you know, a a culture of sort of ethics and standards. Um, It's going to be a conversation that. Is inward looking, it's gonna be holding the mirror up to ourselves, you know what I mean? And and that's what I'm in the game for right now. You know, a real sense of pride can't be given to you because mainstream culture said that you're cool and you're interesting now. And every storefront on West Broadway is covered in rainbow flags, like that's cool too, but like pride is from within. And I know that like in the black gay community, we're suffering with a lot of issues that speak to our inability to really feel a true sense of pride. So I want to just continue to work on those things, fix it from the inside so that, again, if we can save a couple, we can create another generation of of better, stronger, smarter leaders, my job will be done. You know, so that's where I'm at with it. This is Inspiration Narrative, an age of the creative original.